This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. That's L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X dot org. Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne Chapter 32 in which Phyllis Fogg engages in a direct struggle with bad fortune. The China, in leaving, seemed to have carried off Phyllis Fogg's last hope. None of the other steamers were able to survive his projects. The prairie of the French Transatlantic Company, whose admirable steamers are equal to any in speed and comfort, did not leave until the 14th. The Hamburg boats did not go directly to Liverpool or London, but to Harve, and the additional trip from Harve to Southampton would render Phyllis Fogg's last efforts of no avail. The Inman steamer did not depart till the next day, and could not cross the Atlantic in time to save the wager. Mr. Fogg learned all this in counseling his bread show, which gave him the daily movements of the transatlantic steamers. Pispartu was crushed. It overwhelmed him to lose the boat by three-quarters of an hour. It was his fault, for instead of helping his master, he had not ceased putting obstacles in his path. And when he recalled all the incidents of the tour, when he counted up the sums expected in pure loss and on his own account, when he thought that uh, when he thought that the immense stake added to the heavy charges of this useless journey would completely ruin Mr. Fogg, he overwhelmed himself with bitter self-accusations. Mr. Fogg, however, did not reproach him, and on leaving the Connard Pier, only said, We will consult about what is best tomorrow. Come. The party crossed the Hudson in the Journey City ferryboat, and drove in a carriage to the St. Nicholas Hotel on Broadway. Rooms were engaged, and the night passed briefly to Phyllis Fogg, who slept profoundly, but very long to Aota and the others, whose agitation did not permit them to rest. The next day was the 12th of December. From seven in the morning of the 12th to a quarter before nine in the evening of the 21st, there was nine days, thirteen hours, and forty-five minutes. If Phyllis Fogg had left in the China, one of the fastest steamers on the Atlantic, he would have reached Liverpool, and then London, within the period agreed upon. Mr. Fogg left the hotel alone, after giving Pispartu instructions to await his return, and inform Aota to be ready at an instant's notice. He proceeded to the banks of the Hudson, and looked about among the vessels mourned or acred in the river, for any that were about to depart. Several had departure signals, and were preparing to put to sea at morning tide, for in this immense and admirable port 
There is not one day in a hundred that vessels do not set out for every quarter of the globe. But they were mostly selling vessels, of which, of course, Phileas Fogg could make no use. He could about to give up all hope when he espied anchored at the battery a cable's length off at most a trading vessel with a screw well scraped whose funnel putting a cloud of smoke indicated that she was getting ready for departure phileas fogg hailed a boat got into it and soon found himself on board the henrietta iron hold wood built above he ascended to the deck and asked for the captain who forthwith presented himself he was a man of fifty a sort of sea wolf with big eyes a complexion of oxidized copper red hair and thick neck and a growling face the captain asked mr fogg i am the captain i am phileas fogg of london and i am andrew speedy of cardoff you're going to put to sea in an hour you are bound for borwick's and your cargo no freight going in ballast have you any passengers no passengers never have passengers too much in the way is your vessel a swift one between eleven and twelve knots the henrietta will know will you carry me and three other persons to liverpool to liverpool why not to china i said liverpool no 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 i am setting out for brodick's and shall go to brodick's money is no object none the captain spoke in a tone which did not admit of reply but the owners of the henrietta resumed phileas fogg the owners are myself replied the captain the vessel belongs to me i will freight it for you no i will buy it off you no Phileas Fogg did not betray the least disappointment, but the situation was a grave one. It was not at New York as at Hong Kong, nor with the captain of the Henrietta as willing the captain of the Tanketeer. Up to this time, money had smoothed away every obstacle. Now money failed. Still, some means must be found to cross the Atlantic on a boat, unless by balloon which would have been venturesome besides not being capable of being put in practice it seemed that phileas fogg had an idea for he said to the captain well will you carry me to butterducks no not if you paid me two hundred dollars i offer you two thousand a piece a piece and there are four of you four Captain Speedy began to scratch his head. There were eight thousand dollars to gain without changing his route, for which it was well worth conquering the repugnance he had for all kinds of passengers. Besides, passengers at two thousand dollars are no longer passengers, but valuable merchandise. I start at nine o'clock, said Captain Speedy simply. Are you and your party ready? We'll be on board at nine o'clock, replied no less simply Mr. Fogg. It was half past eight to disembark from the Henrietta, jump into a hack, 
hurry to the St. Nicholas and return with Aota, his partu, and even the inspirable Fix, who the work of a brief time and was performed by Mr. Fogg with the coolness which never abandoned him. They were on board when the Henrietta reached to weigh anchor. When Passepartout heard what this last voyage was going to cost, he uttered a prolonged "Oh!" which extended throughout his vocal gamut. As for Fix, he said to himself that the Bank of England would certainly not come out of this affair well indemnified. When they reached England, even if Mr. Fogg did not throw some handfuls of bank bills into the sea, more than seven thousand pounds would have been spent. End of chapter 32. This has been a TBOL3 production.